Hey team, welcome to the Professionally Offensive Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Cabrera. This is the spot where we provide raw, unfiltered insights from some amazing guests. Stand by, you're about to be offended in all the right ways. All right, team, welcome back to the podcast. We are continuing our series here on Chiefs of Staff. Part one, we talked about why this is the most critical hire for chief executive officers, operators, executives, and any entrepreneur or founders who need that extra support. And now we're going to talk about who makes a great chief of staff and where the heck do you find these folks. And so when you think about who makes a great chief of staff, first and foremost, it's all custom tailored to the needs of the principal and the needs of the company. But generally speaking, they do possess some pretty strong traits that make them pretty effective. So first of all, what makes a great chief of staff, I like to kind of go by this rule of thumb. It's called three E's. Execution forward, EQ is very high, and endurance, enormous amount of endurance. And so let's break that up a little bit as to why those traits are typically found in most, if not every single chief of staff executes this type of role. Execution forward typically because most of the time when I find a chief of staff fitted with a CEO or principal and operator, whoever that might be, a senior person in that company, what you end up finding is that oftentimes that principal is losing their bandwidth to continue to get things done. Or they also want to take a much heavier um, stance on being more visionary and being much more understanding of what is kind of up ahead and working on strategy of the company, maybe focusing on financing, whatever those kind of things are with new development and other things that are going on in the business, which is why somebody who is execution forward is typically the biggest trait that is needed when it comes to being a compliment. Secondarily, the EQ side is extremely important. Having that emotional intelligence not only is imperative to the principal and that chief of staff getting along well and understanding where they read each other, but also ensuring that chief of staff can execute within the company. This is a tricky position to bring on if your company has never had a chief of staff before. Folks can, just the thought of it can get them kind of with their hair standing up on their back because they get nervous on what that means or, you know, you're going to have somebody here now just barking a bunch of orders and, you know, being really just kind of a gatekeeper, whatever those things are that typically have some negative connotation. So a chief of staff who has a high level of emotional intelligence is going to be able to navigate very specifically throughout the organization based on the needs that are occurring. And this is why that's a really important trait. And then finally, the endurance piece. This is not an easy job. This is a job that is always on, is nonstop, constant context switching. You know, you might be talking finance in one hour, and the next hour you're talking marketing, and the next hour you're talking culture, and then the next hour you're talking human resource issues, constantly bouncing. And it is never ending, right? This is the first person, not only the CEO is going to call if something happens or there's a mind thought or some, you know, idea that comes up or some crisis, but this is the first person that many of the executives and many of the leadership team is going to call because they know this is the person that's going to be able to help rally the troops, so to speak, and be able to get things moving. So again, execution forward, high emotional intelligence, and then endurance. I mean, this is a... This is somebody who has a high level of, a high capacity for work and being able to grind that out. It's very critical in this position. So that is, that is kind of generally the traits that you'll find with who makes a great chief of staff. 
And you can typically find that in the background, but typically from my experience, when you do look for a chief of staff, references are gonna be a really, really big check-in on this, right? Really getting from the you know from somebody who's worked with this individual if this person can really do the things that you're hoping they can do. Another big part with really just kind of goes without saying on who makes a great chief of staff, somebody who's highly organized, methodical, somebody who's very regimented. Typically, somebody who makes a great chief of staff is probably somebody who is, and this is not always the case, but a typical archetype that I've seen are early risers. They're typically folks who have a schedule or a workout routine. They're somebody who are going to go out there and have handle all the administrative things there bright and early in the morning before anybody shows up to the office. There's somebody very organized or someone who's looked the schedule one week in advance and understands what's going on and pinch points. They take great notes. They have great follow through. They also are really good at keeping and holding people accountable. And they also just really know no matter what the conversation is, where all the pieces are moving at one time. Those are really make great chiefs of staff. And so those are kind of the, the, the core traits or the common traits that you'll find really great chiefs of staff. The other things that are really important, this kind of dives into the EQ side of it a little bit, is really like a chief of staff actually in some ways can almost be seen as a really effective politician almost, right? Somebody, because they, they can only use their influence, right? Most chiefs of staff have zero direct line authority. So all they have is their ability to influence, to be able to use their reputation and be able to use this, you know, the overall mission of the company to kind of move initiatives forward. And so being able to, you know, lobby, so to speak, and be able to converse and being able to get people on the same page is a core trait. And you'll usually find these folks being, you know, if they're in a social setting, these individuals are usually the ones that are really great at sparking up conversation, getting folks to move, sometimes are the center of attention at a party because people are, you know, seeing them as the bass drum. This is what generally makes great chiefs of staff. Right? They don't have to be exuberant or loud. There's different forms and how that can come, but they typically have a natural energy and natural, ma- like their people are want to gravitate towards this individual. And this is typically what also in a personality trait makes a great chief of staff. They're very approachable yet respected, right? So they're not the type of person who's going to walk in a company. Everybody thinks this is going to be my best buddy because the problem with that is then it's very hard to get things done, especially when things get tough. And so the person who's effective at being a chief of staff is also somebody who not only invites people to ask questions and to come up with, you know, come up with hard issues to them and feel like that's an open door to be able to get access to higher level decisions with other executives or the CEO, whatever the case might be. But also, they also see that person as someone who is also carrying a very heavy torch and someone who can make things happen and have a way and a method in which they're going to do that. So being approachable and respected at the same time are very paramount to this position being effective. The final piece, as far as traits go, you know, that are kind of general traits that I've seen in really great chiefs of staff, is they have a high level of understanding when it comes to discretion, right? Chiefs of staff are going to be involved in conversations that are sensitive, that are urgent, that are sometimes times of crisis, that sometimes are just so raw and fresh that all the executive team is just trying to figure out how to understand what's going on. And this needs to be an individual who's trusted, who knows that your principal, whether it's the CEO or you know a senior partner or a, a, whatever the, 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 you know, the entrepreneur or the founder, needs to be able to know that if they are sharing something with this individual or around this individual, that that is safe, right? And that is something that they, the chief of staff, can help 
kind of help that in the, in the principal process what it is that is really trying to be extracted from that thought instead of trying to pin it or be worried you don't want that principal to be worried that that information is going to be taken wrongly and then sent out to the world right and so and again it's not to protect information that shouldn't be out there it's really just to help people through a human process of making very difficult decisions so this is what also makes a really great chief of staff a great chief of staff and then finally the thing that as i'm looking at what makes who makes great chiefs of staff is somebody as i look at them saying is this somebody who's a natural leader and somebody who could be a future ceo and i know that's a big question but there is an energy about that individual that you just are drawn to, right? Could this person do your job? If you're the CEO, could that person do your job or potentially be at a point where they could do your job one day? If the answer is yes, then you're probably looking at the right person. So the, those are typical pattern recognition points in which I see common traits for really effective and outstanding chiefs of staff. Some of the other things that kind of come into play, again, I want to go back on to the nuances of this. Because the chief of staff can be so custom tailored to the position, I don't want what I just said to be hard and fast rules. I want them to be general ambiance of what you think, what you should be thinking as kind of the initial filter of who you should be looking for or who that individual might be. But also understand that because each chief of staff is going to be custom tailored to the principal and to the company, that they're going to all look different slightly. So if you line up 10 different chiefs of staff and you interacted with them, and they're all very effective in what they do, you're, all, you're gonna find that while wow, they're still different in their own ways. And an example for why that might be the case is that you might find a situation where a company has a founder uh, and they're experiencing enormous scale and they bring on a chief of staff and that founder may or may not be very assertive or aggressive in the way they keep folks accountable in the company. Well, that chief of staff might need to be custom fit to fit that puzzle piece Right, so that, that, so that there is a level of accountability now in execution. That chief of staff might be a lot more of a direct communicator. Right? They might be a lot easier to kind of call out the things when they're not working and just being a much more positive pressure on the company. Whereas on the flip side, you might find that you're a principal that is pretty aggressive and good at holding people accountable, in which now you need to soften things a little bit so that you allow a culture to permeate within the organization that's fruitful and healthy. So you can see how that these are things are custom tailored based on what's going on. Not to mention a really big critical piece of being custom tailored is how a CEO or a principal might make a decision, right? If there's somebody who has to process things out loud, well, then you need a great chief of staff who can listen well and then help reinterpret what those things mean and then process and execute. Or if there's somebody who has to sit with the decision for a little while, right before they can make a call, you have to have somebody who's maybe a little more patient. And as I'm saying this out loud, I would tell you that every chief of staff is going to maintain traits of being able to be a good listener, be patient, have those things. But you may need a little more lean into it depending in one of those traits, depending on what that principle and how that principle is made, right? And so those are the things that as you're thinking about or as you're looking for who these people might be, those are the nuances that come along with the job. Now, where the heck do you find these folks, right? I've had one person tell me as I was kind of describing a position of a chief of staff one time, they said, this sounds like a unicorn. Like, where the heck do you find somebody who could do all the things you just said? And the reality of it is they do come from all walks of life, right? And so they come from industry. They come from um, backgrounds that are maybe in public service. They come from backgrounds that are in private sector. They can be found far and wide. 
The thing I would first decide on when you're the first think about when you're looking at where to find these folks is do you look inside your organization or do you look outside your organization? For me, I would say 75% of the time you should be finding somebody who's outside your organization. And for me, that's a really clear reason why. Because typically you're bringing in a chief of staff to enact change and execution and to do that unhindered. And sometimes when there's residual relationships and just residual kind of tribal knowledge or whatever there might be, that can be very hard to execute things as strong and as you know intensely as you need to. But it can be done with somebody inside the org. So if you're looking inside the organization, the question I would ask yourself, first of all, is, is this person going to be compromised or hindered or roadblocked because there's somebody who's too familiar with the people in the organization. Again, that can be a good thing from a, I know who to talk to and what to do, but what they might not be good is now that maybe too much friendship or too much of a personal relationship is, is created amongst the organization, which prevents that chief of staff from being direct in the way they are able to execute and move company initiatives forward. And so just understand you have to, in order to set this chief of staff up for success, you should really be thinking about how this individual is going to be positioned if there's somebody that everybody knows very well, or is there, is there a lot of validity in being able to find somebody who's a fresh eye on the organization that can really help it out? So that's how I think it. No right or wrong, but most of the time I find that folks are going to be coming from outside the organization. And a big part of it is, you know, as a CEO, you want to look at it and say, I need a fresh perspective on what we're doing. And if I wanted to be done the things that are currently being done the same way, then maybe I don't need a chief of staff, right? You're probably looking for a chief of staff because you want to move things in even a more positive direction than you currently are. The other place where you really find great chiefs of staff are military. Because military folks, if you think about the way that they are brought up, right? There is an immense level of service attitude in the way that they go about thinking about things. They typically think about things very holistically, not just what's good for me, what's good for my team, what's good for my department, what's good for my professional career development. The way they think about things, just because it's how you're raised in the service, is what is good for the nation? What is good for the mission? And then, then I put myself in those shoes to make the best decision possible based on what the holistic outcome is going to be. The other reason military leaders are great is because of the things I described first. High levels of EQ, high levels of endurance. They can work all day and all night. Trust me, that is a thing, right? And also, they are very execution forward. At the end of the day, hire hell water, get it done. And they're going to go find a way. And most of the time, military leaders have put in very ambiguous environments that have caused them to think critically and solve problems very creatively. Whereas, Looking from the outside in, it can seem like a very dress right dress. Hey, this individual can only do things if they take orders. And that's just really farthest from the truth, right? There is a discipline and regiment that goes in with being a methodical leader and being able to do things in a way that can scale and that can continue to, you know, mass itself across an organization. But there's a lot of creativity that goes into thinking about problems, especially when you've never been in a certain country before and you're operating in a foreign environment where the languages are different and you're having to figure out how to, you know, slice and dice a whole matrix of legal stuff and, you know, dealing, dealing with tactics and dealing with cultural norms. And then, oh, by the way, let's go just cover this whole thing in a hostile environment that's under immense amount of stress, right? You have to be creative. You have to be calm, cool, and collective in the way that you think about things. So military leaders, folks from a military background, 
And then if you add some business savviness to it, right, because they've spent some time in corporate industry or they got in their MBA or something like that, then you're really cooking with oil here, right? Now you have somebody who's got the best of all worlds. And this is where I really do think you can find that. The other thing that's really great about military leaders on the chief of staff side of the house is they are really good with dealing with environments where it's sensitive, right? A lot of these folks have secret and top secret clearances. And so if the nation can trust them with the nation's secrets, you sure as heck can have an open kind of conversation about trying to solve problems in your organization and know that, that, chief, that it's safe with that chief of staff and that they're really going to be a true partner in helping you solve these issues. So military leaders is a really great place to look for these folks. Another great place is former operators or entrepreneurs more specifically. Folks who've started their own businesses before and you know maybe they ran it successfully, maybe they didn't. Actually, the ones who failed actually are a lot more valuable sometimes because they know what not to do and where to look that's you know behind the corners that are dark and to making sure that you know you don't make those mistakes again. But entrepreneurs are really great because one, they got a high level work capacity because you know when you start a brand new business, you're doing everything. And they think about things holistically. They don't just think about the customer. They don't just think about the employee. They don't just think about sales. They don't just think about marketing. They have to think about it all. And if you're a CEO, you're really going to want somebody who can kind of go around the world and understand what those different pieces look like. And this is why I think former entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs are really good at being a chief of staff or can be right in this environment. And then finally, where else you look for them, I think are places that that you know allow yourself to find the top talent right look in places where you are able to locate top talent right whether that's in management consulting investment banking uh, whether that's in a nonprofit, right or maybe that's down in washington dc where you can kind of look at folks who are you know running fast and, and doing you know involved in politics or whatever the case might be but anybody who possesses the traits that i described before and are just you just kind of know they have that hustle about them, they have that aura about them and that positive energy, and they just have that can-do attitude. And they're just an individual that you know are probably destined for bigger things, but just kind of need a training ground to be able to kind of help an organization as it is. This is a really great place to find these folks. The last thing that I'll say about where to find these folks is I'd lean on folks in your circles uh, that have had chiefs of staff. I think it's a really great resource to talk to fellow CEOs, entrepreneurs, founders who've had chiefs of staff. They can kind of tell you what they liked. They can tell you where these individuals come from and why these individuals are important and the who part, who these folks are and who makes a great one. They can kind of help you dive into their personal experiences about them. So again, the who is a very, there's a common set of patterns that is the who but then there's some nuances because everybody is custom tailored and then where to find these individuals you know in my personal experience very strong candidates in the military pool but also former entrepreneurs and then just high caliber operators and folks that have been able to do really incredible stuff at other companies all right that's it there's the where and the who and we talked the why before this in part one and so stay tuned for part three, where we're going to go talk a little bit about how you effectively use your chief of staff, because this is the biggest pitfall. Once you got a racehorse, or once you got a Ferrari parked in the garage, please don't drive it at five miles an hour in a parking lot, right? That's the most ineffective way to use it. We're going to talk about the most effective ways to use this incredible talent. Well, thank you all for listening. This is the Professionally Offensive Podcast. You can catch us on all platforms. JC out.